Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. There is a lot going on up here this morning. We are glad that you are here with us today. This coming Tuesday at 6.30, we will be having our community Thanksgiving service at Green Bethel Baptist Church. Uh, We hope that you will be able to be there at 6.30 as we celebrate with our community. Monday, November 27th, one week from tomorrow, we will begin decorating the sanctuary and the church for Christmas. That's right, it is time. We hope that you all can come. The decorations uh, will begin at 9 o'clock on the 27th, if you can be here then, and we will decorate from 9 until. We are glad that you are here with us for a very busy and special day in our church. Our prayer this morning is that we would all prepare our hearts to worship our Lord.
Well, Ephesians 5:20, Him 44. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. For the wonder of each hour, of the day and of the night, hill and vale and trees of flower, sun and moon and stars light. Lord of all, to thee we raise our hymn of grateful praise. For the joy of human love, brother, sister, parent, child, friends on earth and friends above, for all gentle thoughts and mild, Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. For the church that that evermore lifted holy hands above, offering up on every shore her pure sacrifice of love, Lord of all thee raise we hands this our hymn of grateful praise. For the joy of ear and eye, for the heart and mind's delight, for the mystic harmony, liking sense, the sound and sight. Lord of all, to thee we raise this, our hymn of grateful praise. For thyself, best divine, to our race so freely given. For the great, great love of thine, peace on earth and joy in heaven. Lord of all, to thee we raise this, our hymn of grateful praise. To the glory of God. Our hymn of praise this morning is number 637, Come Ye Thankful People Come. 637, if you are able, please stand and join in singing.
my children, your children, the church's children, have chosen to give part of their Christmas away as we celebrated a family shoebox shuffle. We filled 75 boxes full of toys and socks, mittens, toboggans, games. But most importantly, we filled it with love. Our love. Our children's love. And now we would like to ask you to join us as we bless our boxes. Let us pray. Dear God, you have given us such a special gift. In these children that belong to us and to these families in our church. But Lord, we ask that you take this blessing and this gift. Let the love that it's filled with go to another child. And as they open the lid, the love, not only that they are sending to that child, but the love that you have, Lord, for each one of them, and that the love that they are passing to another. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to share not only these shoeboxes, but our love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah.
Thank you, choir, Teresa, Candy, June, Michael, Silver Trumpet, and all. What a blessing. Thank you so much. Let me remind you and encourage you to be with us tonight at 6. If you have not been to one of our Garden Web Bowling Springs Baptist Thanksgiving dinners, you have missed a treat. And tonight we have uh, certainly a treat for you with the Garden Web Concert Choir and a dance team performing tonight and a wonderful meal. So come together for that time of fellowship and, and um, entertainment and, and worship this evening as well. That's it tonight at 6 o'clock. Let me also say that it has been a joy to lead a new Wednesday morning prayer time at 11 o'clock. And this week, since we do not have service Wednesday night, if you would like to be a part of a Wednesday midweek Bible study, come and join us this Wednesday at 11. And if anybody would like, we may, for those that are, that would like to, we would uh, possibly go out to eat as well. So I wanted to mention that. We've had a lot of uh, activity in our church this week and that we need to be mindful of. Uh, many of that relates to uh, health concerns of some, some of our members. Uh, Terry and Kelly, I know are in the choir, we'll be praying for Andrew tomorrow morning and for all of you as Andrew goes in for a procedure tomorrow in Asheville and um, let's be mindful of him. Also, uh, it's good to have Sybil Beeson back with us this morning. I know Ed, Ed, you walked in the service, you were out doing something and came back in and you're just, you just, you just walking down the aisle with a big smile on your face. And I know why, but Sybil, it's good to have you back with us. Also, let's be in prayer for Thurlin Osborne. But Thurlin and Sophie uh, had a tough week this week, and Sophie was diagnosed with cancer, and then with just a matter of a few days, uh, she was no longer with us. And uh, she passed away yesterday morning at the hospital in Shelby, and Thurlin has a lot of decisions that he needs to make in the coming days. Uh, I'll be meeting with the family at Cecil Burton's this afternoon, and as soon as we know of arrangements for Sophie, we will let you know immediately. Most likely this evening at the Thanksgiving dinner, we can let you know what those are. But be in prayer for Thurlin as he has many decisions to make over these next few days and really weeks as well. Also, before I pray this morning, I wanted to mention that... Um, for probably over a year now, we have had a security ad hoc committee, and if you understand what that means, it's, it's temporary. It's, it's a committee that works on security for office or for our church, and then after a period of time, that committee would cease to be no more. In light of recent events, we are now securing a permanent uh, security committee for the church. If you have interest in being on such committee, please talk with me or with uh, our current chair of deacons, Roger Humphreys, or let one of our staff know we need a diversity of age and gender on that committee to help us see things from different perspectives. And uh, we are seeking to secure at least six, if not nine individuals for that committee. And so please uh, let us know if you have a desire to be on that committee. Also, we've had uh, the passing of Jamie Beeson's grandfather, Robert Spangler. Please be in prayer for the Beeson family, not only because of Jamie's grandfather, but also Dawn Beeson's grandfather, Lim Hips passed away as well. And so please keep these families in your thoughts and prayers. As we shared last Wednesday in our prayer time on any given week in our church, we have many who are dealing with grief and sorrow. And so we are mindful of those this morning as well. We have much to be thankful for this morning as we certainly grieve alongside of these who grieve and struggle with them. And so before I pray this morning, I'm just going to spontaneously do this. I want you to look to someone near you and tell them one thing you're thankful for this morning before I pray. Go ahead. Go. Tell them. All right. You can finish the rest after church. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Again, glad you're here. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this day.
We're thankful for the many ways that you allow us to praise you with bells and with silver trumpets, with young voices and older voices, with pianos and organs and with many different instruments. Lord, we're grateful for this church and what it means to so many. We're grateful for each one here today and even that young one we hear right now. And Lord, we pray that you would bless this service, bless the reading of your word, the preaching of it this morning. From the oldest to the youngest here, it is our desire to worship you. May you receive honor and glory for everything that is said and done. We lift up these today who are grieving. We pray, uh, Lord, for the Beeson family. We pray for Thurlin Osborne. We pray for others, Lord, today who at this time of the year struggle even more so, Lord, with grief and with memories. Father, bless and come alongside of each one of these individuals today. Lord, we do pray that you would stir our hearts and that you would challenge us and that you would convict us and that you would encourage us today as we continue to worship you. We commit this time to you and we ask this prayer in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 636, We Gather Together, number 636. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. Thessalonians 5 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Please pray, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We would ask that you would help all of us to be mindful of our own circumstance that we may be in as we enter into the time of Thanksgiving. Please help us to be mindful of your generosity of your grace and of your will. Please help to lead and guide and direct us as we go in the upcoming weeks. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
Thank you, choir and accompanist. If you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn to the parable of the talents. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. The scripture will be on your screen, but as I said the other week, it's important for you to have your Bible, even though we have that scripture there, uh, for you to make marks, or some of you may have a digital copy of the scripture there, and I want you to feel free to use that as well. I don't always mention that, but some of you are reading that scripture on your phones or other devices. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. This is uh, 24 and 25 of Matthew have some pretty powerful words. And these words relate to the return of Christ as well as this scripture here that we will be looking at today. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30 reads, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to each according to his ability, then he went away. The one who received the five talents went off and immediately or at once traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents, and see, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to, those, but for to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Will you pray with me? Father, I ask for your blessings on the reading and the preaching of your word this morning. 
I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Speak to me, speak to each of us in this place today in new and fresh ways. Meet us today at the point of our need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm glad the scriptures are not 66 books filled with thesis statements or some other grandiose form of literature. But we have narrative literature, we have poetry, we have uh, letters, we have prophecy, we have apocalyptic literature. But my favorite in the scripture is the parable and how it communicates to us. We can't just read over the parable and go on about our life. There's something about when we read over the parable, it causes us to pause, as did the disciples as well. Jesus would have a parable and usually, not always, but usually the large crowds would leave and the disciples would come back up to Jesus, kind of like we do to those whom we love who say something that we can't quite understand. And the disciples would come back up to Jesus and said, okay, now will you explain to us what you said when you said, you know, da 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 da. And so Jesus begins to explain to his disciples what he meant when he used the parable or parables. In January of 2018, yes, it is coming in just a few weeks, we will begin a new sermon series on the parables. And this is something that I am greatly excited about and hope you will uh, come and be a part of those sermons. Matthew 24 and 25, we have again parables of Jesus and that are braided together to give us an understanding of what it means to be faithful as we await the return of Christ. If you go back and read through chapter 24 and all the way through 25, we hear time and time and time again, be on the alert. At the beginning, the first 13 verses of Matthew 25, we read the story of the 10 virgins and five had their lamps trimmed and had the extra oil and five did not. And again, we have the message, be on the alert. Christ is coming. As we move into the Advent season, We focus once again on this idea of waiting. Christ is coming. Christ, a baby in a manger, is coming. But our focus today is on verses 14 through 30 that speak of a landowner going on a journey. But before he goes, he looks to his three servants and gives one five talents, one two talents, and then one a single talent. Some translations may say bags of silver or gold. Some may uh, use another term. Some may say $10,000, $5,000, $1,000. But for our purposes today, we're going to use the word talent as it is in many translations. The word talent is not, as you might think, coin or currency. A talent uh, actually is weight. And uh, to give an example, when the, the Jews were in the tabernacle, the menorah that would sit there in the tabernacle would weigh one talent, the scriptures tell us. To the Greeks, a talent was about uh, 60 pounds. To the, uh, to the Romans, a talent was about 70 pounds. And so, nevertheless, and these represented oftentimes silver or gold, in more cases, most likely silver. So these would have been talents of gold or silver, and even a small single talent could be worth a great fortune. So keep that in mind as we move forward. And it's very tempting today as a pastor when you're looking at the parable of the talents to focus on money and to focus on tithing 
And it's very tempting. However, I only want to say two things, and we're going to move on to uh, another message that I think is here in this parable. One is your faithful gifts to the church, as we talk about faithfulness this morning and using our gifts wisely here in a moment. Your faithful gifts to the church allow us to do what we feel called to do as a staff or as a church, not just as a staff, as a church, uh, to allow us to fulfill the mission that we have been called to both here in this community and around the world. And secondly, as we conclude 2017, if there are some within the congregation that have larger gifts, uh, we can use those towards our budget and we can also, I want to take this opportunity to say, use those towards some facility enhancements uh, that we could, uh, you know, that we certainly need here at the church as well. So just keep that in mind. But let's look at the story this morning. I, I find it interesting that in verse 16 in my translation, um, I use the New American Standard Bible. We read from the New Revised Standard Version on the screens here. My scripture says, uh, immediately the one who was given the five went to make five more. Your translations may say at once, but nevertheless, we see a, a sense of urgency here on the part of the one given the five talents to go and to invest these and to make five more. The one with the two, ta- the one with the two talents went and did the same. The one servant receiving the one talent went, and the scriptures tell us that he dug a hole and that he hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the servant or excuse me, the master returned. Now, when individuals would go on a trip in these days, unlike today when we have instant access and communication, uh, the slaves did not know, the servants did not know when the master would return. And so the idea is to go and invest the money, to make money speedily as fast as we can, and to be responsible, to be good stewards of what the master has left with us, because we do not know the day that he will return. And the one who, again, received the five showed his master five more when the master did return. And the one with two did the same. And they were both, the the one who were given five talents and the one given two talents, both commended with these words from Matthew 21 or verse 21 and 23 of chapter 25. The master said, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Both the five and the two talent men were commended for what they did with what they had. Hence the title of today's sermon, What You Doing With What You Got. Now the English teachers in the room, please forgive me. What You Doing With What You Got. And now we get to the main character in the story, One Talent Man. We're going to spend some time today focusing on the One Talent Man. After some time studying the One Talent Man in our story this week, I thought about calling this sermon Harsh Words for the Do-Nothings. Harsh Words for the Do-Nothings. But then I thought, well, today's Thanksgiving. And if you see that printed in your bulletin, it just doesn't help with the feeling of thanksgiving, does it? Harsh words for the do-nothings. But yet, that's what we have here with the one-talent man. The one-talent man was not given five talents. He was not given two talents, but he was given the one talent. The five-talent man went immediately and worked and earned five more, and the same for the two. But this one, thinking that his master to be a man that... um, uh, you know, was, was very demanding. He went and he wanted to be sure that he returned the one talent. And so he went and dug a hole and buried his talent doing nothing. That's what we have here, a do nothing. You can almost hear this guy saying, oh, I was given one talent. I'm afraid. I don't, I know my master has high standards and he, uh, he hates careless ways. And so the one talent man is trying to do what we sometimes do in justifying our actions. He was trying to justify his actions. How many times in our lives have we allowed our fears to lead us to the place of the one-talent man? 
How many times have we been given a call, we felt compelled to do something, but unlike the five-talent man and the two-talent man, we fall into the habits of the one-talent man and just say, God, this is, this is pretty big, what, you're, what I feel you're leading me to do, and I'm afraid, and we play it safe, much like the one-talent man. The man with the five talents and the man with the two talents entered equally into the joy of the Lord. And I propose to you that the man with the one talent would have also, had he done something, had he done anything with his one talent. But he didn't. There are more people in the world and in the kingdom who identify with the two talent man and with the one talent man. It's harder to put ourselves as the five talent man regardless of where we or others place us. Five, two, or one. We've all been given something, and even the one-talent man could have heard Jesus say, well done, enter into the joy of the Lord, had he done something. But again, he did nothing. If we live our lives like the one-talent man, it's dangerous. The one-talent man may say, I'm nobody special, and with my poor equipment, if you will, nothing is expected of me. What can I do? And at first, this may sound humble. This may sound humble to say. We have said it before. This thinking is straight from the enemy, and I would propose to you this morning that it is the devil's whisper. The one-talent man fails to see how much he is needed in the bigger picture. God gives out the talents the way God wants to give out the talents. But whatever talents I have and that you have we have been held responsible and accountable for what we do with the talents, great or small, that we have been given. Why is the church not stronger and more vibrant today than it is? Could it be that we have a lot of one-talent Christians walking around scared to death and afraid or saying, I can't really do anything. I don't have a lot of gifts. I don't have a lot of skills to offer. I don't really know a lot. Are you like the one-talent man and you've taken what you do have and you've buried it for safekeeping? Jesus had some harsh words to say for the do-nothing one-talent man who didn't do anything. He called him lazy and wicked is what we read in our scripture. Jesus is challenging us as the church. He's challenging us this Thanksgiving to take what we do have and to use it for his purposes. Some Christians look around and put five-talent status on some and two-talent status on the others and think we are a one-talent Christian because to think that we're any higher would be prideful. And then we, like the one-talent man, are afraid and then go back to doing nothing. We have a lot of one-talent Christians walking around afraid just like the one in our text today. The one-talent man fails to see how much he is needed. What the one-talent man forgets is that Unlike uh, Shakespeare and Tolkien, going back to, to looking at, at great authors throughout history, bring one from way back and one from right now, but Shakespeare and Tolkien would not be who they are without the one-talent bookbinders and out the, without the one-talent marketers and without the one-talent printers that make their works possible. The one-talent man is a lot like the single key on a keyboard. If that key, for those of you who play, not only this morning, but for those of you in the congregation that play, know that if one key is not working right on the keyboard, a beautiful piece of music can sound terrible. But without that one-talent key doing what it was needed and called to do and working properly, 
It's not going to sound the same. And I would propose to you the same is true within the church. Again, God gives out the talents. He's the one that gives some uh, many talents and some he gives the one talent. But yet you and I are called to be faithful with what we have been given for we know that when we use it to God's glory and to the advancement of the kingdom, we begin to see the church moving forward with health and with vibrancy and with energy. Beethoven would not have been Beethoven without the piano maker or the, or the, one, the one talent piano tuner. The church in the kingdom of God needs today the five talent person, the two talent person, and the one talent person working in harmony together. It's a lot like a football team or any team. I know some of you are sports fanatics and some don't care a thing about it, I, and I understand that. But I think about it in relationship to the current season of football and that if you want to advance the chains on the side of the, of the sidelines and keep getting first downs and moving the team down the field, the five talent player, the two talent player, and the one talent player all have to work in harmony. And the same is true for the kingdom of God. We must have the five talent Christian and the two talent and the one talent Christian all working together and we will begin to see the kingdom of God advance in new and fresh ways. I want to share two quick lessons from this parable. I don't have these on the slide, but I would encourage you to write them down just to, to help remember this parable this morning. Two quick lessons from the parable that we have here. And the first one is Jesus is after our faithfulness to him despite our level of talent. I've pretty much already said this in the sermon, but Jesus is after our faithfulness to him despite the level of our talent. In the end, it doesn't matter how much talent we have. What matters is how we use what we have. What you doing with what you got. Be faithful with your talent or talents. If we see our possessions, both tangible and intangible, as possessions and gifts and talents that God would have us to use. Most of us in the room have cars and homes. How are we using those for the glory of God? What about our possessions? What about our finances? What about those intangible gifts that we have been given? What about our personality? What about our skill sets and our abilities? How are we using those to advance God's kingdom and help, in a sense, move the change down the field, but move the church into greater health and greater vibrancy? What are we doing to help advance the kingdom of God with the talents that we have been given? The second lesson from the parable today, parables teach us that the reward of hearing well done Excuse me, parables, parable teaches us that the reward of well done is still more work to do. Let me say that again. The parable teaches us that the reward of well done is still more work to do. Two servants are told not to sit back and take it easy, but what were the two, what was the five talent and the two talent servant told when they gave what they did to the master? They were given greater talents, or they were given greater abilities, were they not? They were given greater tasks and greater responsibilities in the work of the master. The reward of work is not rest, but more work. That sounds exhausting, doesn't it? But I would propose to you this morning, it's not. When you and I, when we're in our sweet spot, I've talked about this before, just like a batter, excuse me, excuse the sports analogy again, but when a batter hits the batter, a tennis player hits the racket at just the right spot with the right force and in the right area, that ball will go out of the park or that tennis ball will do exactly what you want it to do if you hit it in the sweet spot. If you and I are serving in our sweet spot, 
we will be energized and empowered by the results and what we see from us serving in our sweet spots. If we're working for the Lord, sure, there's times when we need to get, we get a little tired, we need to take a step back. But nevertheless, if we are serving in our sweet spot, it gives us energy, it gives other people energy, and only... And the result of that is a lot like what happened with the five-talent and the two-talent man. We want to serve more, and we want to do more. So the, again, uh, the reward of work is not rest, but more work. Parables teach us that the, that the man who is punished is the man who will not try. This parable teaches us the man who is punished is the man who doesn't try. The one-talent man did nothing. The man with the one talent did not lose his talent. He simply did nothing with it. His adventuring with it and losing it would have been better than to do nothing with it at all. This is, this is always the temptation for the one talent man. I have such a small talent, I can do so little with it that it's not worth it. Why should I try? And this passage teaches us something different. And the last, the parable does teach us as, as well, this idea if you don't use it, you lose it. I remember hearing my mom say that about something I won't go into this morning with me growing up. And she would say that. I think it was in reference to music, uh, to singing. And I don't sing as much as, so I, I may not be holding up to that bargain, but I may not sing as much as I should or as I did. But mom would say, if you don't use it, you lose it. And then some of you have been told that advice from your parents as well. As I begin to close, I want to invite you just to bow your heads. And I want to, to mention something and, and say something to, to cause us to, to think and, and to allow the Spirit of God to move and to work. But the Spirit of God is asking each of us this morning, what are you doing with what I've given you? Do you hear the Lord saying that to you this morning? What are you doing with what I've given you? For some, it's possessions. And how can you use those to bring honor and glory to the Lord? Others, it's intangible things in your life. It's the gifts and the skills that God have, has given you. And what are you doing to use those for him? Also saying, don't sit on the talents and the resources I've given you. Don't be afraid to fail. As believers, when we fall, we fall forward. And we learn and we get better and we move, and we move ahead. But as we close this morning, I ask you, what new commitments might the Lord be challenging you with today? As we think about Thanksgiving and we come here and we've had enjoyed some wonderful music and a wonderful season and we've got fall colors around us, both in our bulletins and around us outside, and it's just a wonderful, peaceful feeling. But what are we doing with the things that we're saying we are thankful for? If we are thankful for our family and for our homes and our cars and our, and our material possessions, but also thankful for the ways that God has blessed us, then what are we doing with what we have been given. Are we investing those and returning them to the Lord like the ones that we've read about today with the five talents and the two talents? Or are we doing nothing with them? And will we experience the harsh words that the one talent man experienced from his master? God, it's our desire to take what we do have and to use it for your glory. Convict us and challenge us, Lord. And Lord, we confess that we haven't always done that. But Father, help us to take both our material possessions, those tangible things that we can touch and see and use them for your glory. And Lord, help us to take those intangible things, those things, those skill sets, those um, ways that you have gifted us personally and return those as well so that not only we may be encouraged and ultimately others will be encouraged and challenged to follow you more deeply. 
Forgive us, Lord, for not using the talents in the ways that you have asked us to. And Father, help us to be faithful in the use of the things that you have given us. God, stir our hearts this morning. If there are any today in this place who do not know you, maybe they've never put their faith and trust in you, the scripture tells us that today is the day of salvation. And I pray that today, Lord, they would give their heart and their life to you. If there are others that need to recommit their life to you, I pray that they would not wait, but they would respond today in obedience and allow the Lord to move and to work in their hearts and lives. Lord, lead us all to greater obedience and greater faithfulness. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you desire membership at Bowling Springs Baptist Church, we invite you to come, and I would be happy to talk with you more about that. Let's stand and sing together. just want to say a couple words. First of all, Joel Dobbins, good to have you here this morning. Um, also, I'm going to ask Cindy Campus to come down with me this morning. That's right. Come on down. I'm going to embarrass you really good. It's the last Sunday. This is Cindy's most likely last Sunday with us. Many of you know that Cindy is transitioning to Hendersonville. And uh, Cindy, we will miss you and all your talents and uh, that you have offered to Bowling Springs Baptist for many years. Cindy is well loved here at the church. And Cindy, we just want you to know that we will miss you and we'll be praying for you. And we know that you have family here and that you will be back to see us. 
And so uh, we, we, expect, we expect you to see, see you back with us. Uh, but but speak, speak a word to, to Cindy before you leave this morning. And then as I look around, I see a lot of faces that I don't know that well. And so as a congregation, let's be sure to speak to two or three new faces before you leave this morning as well. And we'll look forward to seeing you back this evening at 6 for that uh, Thanksgiving dinner. But Cindy, we're going to miss you. And we'll be praying for you. We love you. And we thank you for your service here at Bowling Springs Baptist. Thank you.